title of our lesson this morning is Behold, and we're going to take a look at John chapter 1, uh, various passages there in just a few moments, and it is that season, isn't it? And I'm going to explain that in just uh, a moment as we kind of go down through this, and during this time of year, there's celebration, there's music, right? And then it's the birth of Jesus, but I ask this question, do we really see him? And the reason why I ask that is based upon what John says in John chapter 1 there. So there's three points that we're going to take a look at. They didn't know him, and John will point that out. And then behold, John uses that phrase repeatedly, and then why Jesus came. So I'm just going to go ahead and pull up that first point. They didn't know him. Now, I want to give you a little information before we kind of jump right into this lesson today. We've talked about this before. I know we have in class. I don't know if we've talked about it during a lesson or not. The nation of Israel, top to bottom, it's about 270 miles long. That's a nation. It's about 80, maybe 85 wide. 270 by 85. A nation. You know what state we have that's pretty comparable in size to that? New Jersey. New Jersey. So you take all of Israel and you compare it to the other countries in the world. Israel is a tiny little nation. It is. 270 top to bottom, 85 wide. Bethlehem, which we'll talk about this morning is about five miles from Jerusalem. Five miles? From Nazareth, where Jesus grew up, all the way down to Jerusalem, so Nazareth's kind of in the north, it's about a four days walk. So when you think about this country, it's just not very big. So keep that in mind. Because I think that pertains to what we take a look at here in these verses. Also keep this in mind. This is a nation of relatives. Think about that. (laughs) Here's a country for your family. (laughs) You lived it, right? Everybody kind of knows everybody, right? Okay. Keep that information in mind. And now we're going to kind of launch into this. And the title of the lesson is Behold, because I want to get that point across to what John is saying. I want you to stop. I want you to look at this and behold this. Think about this. So at this time of year, there's a lot of hustle and bustle and running around and fabling gatherings and all these kinds of things. And there's a lot of music and there's a lot of lessons that are based upon Matthew chapter 1 and 2 and Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2. But this morning, we're not really going to focus there. We're going to look at those passages. But our focus is going to come from John. John chapter 1. And this time of year, there's a lot of folks that are thinking about this is the time of season. And some people are thinking, oh boy, I love this. I can't wait for it to come. And other people are saying, I wish we could get past this and get on to the next thing. So I want to mention this. As you think about this story, as you think about this story, Christ being born, 
I'm going to run some titles of lessons by you right quick. Just kind of browsing around this week and looking at these. And here's some titles. Don't miss the joy. Kind of appropriate, right? Love came down. Light of the world. The thrill of hope. More than a baby. That's the title of some of those lessons. And so as I was thinking about December, as I was thinking about this time of year, I've given lessons along these lines before, but this year, I hope you'll bear with me, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to spend a little time here. So for the next two or three weeks, this is kind of where we're going to focus. And the reason why I decide that is because in reading from John, and John says, you don't know him. And I got to thinking about that. How is it they didn't know him? This tiny little nation, everybody is primarily related. And it's like, and you don't know him? How is that even possible? Now I want to say this before we go any further. I don't believe that Jesus was born on December 25th. Okay? I have a nephew, his name is David. He was born born on December 25th. And he always felt like he was getting ripped off. (laughs) All of his brothers would have birthdays and then they would have Christmas. And he said, I just get one. (laughs) It's not fair. So, Christ did come. I'm not saying that this is the date. But I knew no... He came. I do know he was born in Bethlehem because Micah chapter 5 testifies to that fact. I know that. So that's what I believe. So I want to spend just a little time here. Focus, stop, look, do what John suggests. Behold. Because sometimes we get cut so, go so caught up in the mundane that we miss the amazing. And that's not unique to our society. Yes, we live in a fast-paced society, but I think the same kind of thing happened to them. They were so caught up in the everyday activities of life and just going through the routine, so to speak, that they missed what amazing was happening among them. And then John says, there's one who's standing among you, you don't know. That's what he says in John chapter 1 about verse 26. Stop and think about that for a moment. <clears throat> so I tell you, told you it's a small nation. These are the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These are the twelve tribes In one way or another, they're pretty much all related. John the Baptist is a Jew. And he's talking to Jews. Right? About another Jew. And he says, you don't know him. And so I scratch my head and I think, how is that possible? That they don't know him. So John chapter 1 and about verse 19. It says that the Jews sent to John the priests 
and the Levites. Those are the folks that work in the temple, right? If there's anybody among them that ought to know God, ought to know the Scriptures, who should it be? It should be the priests and the Levites, shouldn't it? And so the Jews get together and we say, we got this guy out here, seems a little wacky to us. Somebody needs to go out there and investigate. Let's send the Levites and the priests and go ask him, who are you? Who are you? Does that seem a little odd? It'll get odd in a moment. And I'll explain to you why that's odd. So, John says right away, because he knows what they're after. He said, I'm not the Christ. Oh, okay. So then who are you? And you know what he says? He doesn't say, I'm John. Which I think is kind of fascinating. Rather, he said, I'm that voice crying in the wilderness. Hey, y'all, you priests, you Levites, you authorities in the law, you're the ones who are supposed to know the book. I'm the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. That's from Isaiah. See what John's doing? You want to know who I am? I'm the fulfillment of John the 40th chapter in about verse 3. And it's interesting that in Mark's gospel, when he records this, he combines Isaiah 40 and Malachi chapter 3. And I send before your face my messenger, Malachi. A voice crying in the wilderness, Isaiah. So there he doubles down. Do you know either one of those passages? <laughs> That's who I am. So John came in fulfillment of prophecy and they come out and they're asking him, who are you? But now going just beyond this, so Jesus comes out to be baptized by John and John is going to tell them, I saw the Spirit descending like a dove and resting upon Him. And that is the Son of God. So you're all wondering who I am? And I know you're wondering who He is. So I'm the fulfillment of Isaiah and Malachi. And I saw the Spirit descending upon Him. And that is the Son of God. And you ask me who I am. And I ask you, in essence, do you know the prophets? Do you know about a forerunner? Do you know the Messiah? Because he's standing in your midst. And in John chapter 1, about verse 26, he said, There's one standing among you, and you don't know him. 
Now I'm going to tell you why that's all a little odd. Let's back up. You have a Bible. Open up to Matthew, the first chapter. Matthew chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading in about verse 18. And I'm just going to kind of tell you, because we don't have to re- time to read the entire chapter. This is the occasion when there is an angel that comes to talk to Joseph. You know who Joseph is, right? That's the husband of Mary. But he's not really <laughs> the father of Jesus, right? Not biologically. But the angel is going to come and talk to Joseph. And the reason why the angel is going to come and talk to Joseph is because Mary is betrothed to Joseph, but Joseph has come to realize she's already with child. And we haven't been together. And so Joseph is thinking about putting her away secretly. So beginning at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph... Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For it is he who will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place, that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. Behold. The virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. This is small town. This is small country. This is Joseph. This is Mary. Everybody knows they're betrothed. And now Mary is going to have a child. And Joseph said, we've never been together. And the angel says, pump the brakes. (laughs) Don't put her away. And this is to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. A virgin, Isaiah. She shall bear a son and you will call his name Emmanuel. Verse 24. So Joseph does what the angel said. Don't put her away. Fast forward about nine months, a little more. Matthew chapter two, one through six, or Matthew chapter two, one and two, and then I'll read verse six. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, fulfillment of Micah chapter five. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. He's born. 
in Bethlehem. And now these wise men come from the east. They say, we saw his star and we have come to worship him. He who is born king of the Jews. And they are inquiring, where can we find him? Herod is the one who is ruler over this area. And he hears, what? King of the Jews? That throws up a red flag. And he says, get the chief priests and the scribes down here. I want to know where this king is supposed to be born. And what do they tell him? Verse 6, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So you know what Herod does? He said, you go on down there, you find him, and when you find him and when you worship him, you come back and tell me, because I want to come down and worship him too. <laughs> but he didn't really want to worship him, did he? What did he want to do? He wanted to kill him. That's a threat to his authority. There's a king. I got to deal with that. So verse 13. So the wise men go. They bring gifts. They worship the child. But they are warned. Do not go back to Herod. So they leave. And after they leave, verse 13. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. He's warned, didn't he? And Joseph, you take that child. You take Mary. You go to Egypt. I'll let you know when you should come back. Verse 19. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream to to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the child and his mother and go into the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he arose and he took the child and his mother and came unto the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he departed for the regions of Galilee and came and resided in a city called Nazareth that what was spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled, he shall be called a Nazarene. Amazing. Amazing. If you take the time to read the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, you know what Herod did? When those wise men did not come back to see him, he was enraged. And so he sent his soldiers to Bethlehem, five miles away, that little town. And he said, you go down there and you slaughter every male child two years old and younger. 
Jeremiah 31. And in Ramah, there was heard weeping because they could not be consoled. Jeremiah prophesied what was going to happen. Now, let me ask you. Bethlehem's five miles, five miles away from Jerusalem. Did that story spread? Do you think lots of folks knew about that? Do you remember when Herod had all those children slaughtered? Do you remember that? Do you remember when that child was born in Bethlehem? And do you remember how a wise man came from the east and said they wanted to worship he that was born king of the Jews? This didn't happen in a vacuum. This would have been well known. And John says, there's one standing among you whom you do not know. How is that even possible? I want to shift gears a little bit. Turning over to the Gospel of Luke now. Luke, the first chapter. Verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth. Verse 30. And the angel said to her, now it's talking about Mary. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your room and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him a throne of his give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom they will have no end. Gabriel appears to Moses. There was an angel, I assume Gabriel, that appeared to uh, Joseph. Mary's gonna have a child. Now that angel talks to Mary. And he is telling her the same story that he's told Joseph. You're going to have a child. You're going to name him Jesus. Mary's going to ask, how is this possible? And then he's going to explain to her by the Holy Spirit. Verse 36. And behold. Listen now. And behold, even your relative... Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who is called barren is now in her sixth month. See that? There's a little something added to the story now. Gabriel has come and he has told Joseph Mary's going to have a child. Now he has gone to Mary and he's told her, you're going to have a child. And now he adds this to it. Hey, your relative Elizabeth, you know her? And Mary's like, yeah, I know her. She's going to have a son too. Now the reason why that's so surprising <laughs> is because the Gabriel, Gabriel says she's now in her sixth month. You know what's so surprising about that? 
That's John's mother. That's Elizabeth. You know what the other part is that's so surprising about that? She's really old. And Zacharias, her husband, he's really old. And so now Gabriel is telling Mary, your relative is going to have a child. And it's like, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. You know what Zacharias does for a living? He's a priest. He's a priest. He's serving in the temple. He is a descendant of Levi. You know what it says about Elizabeth? She's a daughter of Aaron. This is the priestly lineage. And earlier in the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter, it talks about Zacharias and Elizabeth. And he said they are both righteous, but they are advanced in age. But now, they're going to have a son. And an angel has gone to Zacharias. When Zacharias was burning incense in the temple, an angel appeared to him and told him, Zacharias, you're going to have a son. You know what Zacharias' response to that was? Ah, I don't know if I'm buying that one. <laughs> and so he says, how shall I know? And so you know what Gabriel says? He says, I'm Gabriel. <laughs> I stand in the presence of God. Trust me, okay? <laughs> but just to help you understand, you're not going to be able to speak until that boy is born. <laughs> so it's nine months. <laughs> he can't say a word. And then when it comes time for John to be circumcised, they go to the temple and they ask Elizabeth, what shall he be called? And she said, John. And they said, John, there's nobody among your relatives that are named John. And then they turn to Zacharias. Of course, he can't talk, but they look at him and they go, what's he going to be named? And he said, give me a pen and pencil, <laughs> a tablet. And he writes down, John. They're like, wow. I guess his name is John. You know what happened next? All of a sudden, he starts praising God. He can talk again. Isn't that amazing? But you know what else it says in Luke, the first chapter, about verse 60 and following? It says this, this was known throughout all the region. You got an old priest and an old wife and they're having a child and the father hasn't been able to speak for nine months and they are calling this boy John and that news Spread throughout the whole region. And what they said about John? They said, what kind of child will this be? Now do you think that John's saying, you're asking me <laughs> who I am? 
you don't know? My father was a priest. What do you think I should be doing? Oh, maybe you should be a priest too. But instead, you're out here in the wilderness. And you're wearing this funny coat. And you're eating funny things. And you're making a lot of noise. And he came and came out. The priests and the Levites came out. Who are you? I'm surprised he didn't say, do you remember Zacharias? That's my dad. He was a priest. He was one of you. And you're asking who I am? Not only do you not know me, you don't know the one that is standing among you. And he quotes Isaiah. And he quotes Malachi. Behold. <laughs> Finally, behold. So you have Joseph and the angel. You have Jesus being born in Bethlehem. You have the wise men coming to worship him. You have Herod slaughtering children. You have Gabriel appearing unto Zacharias and under Mary and under Elizabeth. And they're going to have a child. And I didn't read this part, but you can read it on your own because I think you're all familiar with this part of it. Do you remember those shepherds that were out in the field? And the angels appeared. And they say, in the city of David, there is born unto you a Savior, Christ the Lord. And what they say? We got to go see this. And so they go and they find it just as they were told. Now, do you think those shepherds told anybody? I'm pretty confident they told everybody. So once again, it's this small country. And here's Jerusalem. And here's Bethlehem, five miles away. And they're all related. <laughs> and they didn't talk about this? And John says, there's one standing among you that you don't know. And they're asking, John, who are you? <laughs> it's, just, it's one of those moments when you slap your forehead, isn't it? Are you serious? You don't know? I've not seen it. I read about it. I'm not on Instagram. Maybe some of you are. I've been told there's a guy on there. It's called Dude with a Sign. He holds up cardboard signs and writes messages on them. That's kind of like John. <laughs> Dude with a Sign. This is the fulfillment of Isaiah. This is the fulfillment of Malachi. It's like, here's your sign. <laughs> Can't you read this? And know what's going on? God knew it was going to be need to be announced. And so before the Messiah came, He sent John. 
that voice crying in the wilderness, trying to get their attention. Behold. So the last point. In John chapter 1 and verse 29, John says, Behold, when he saw Jesus coming, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. One writer has said that verse 29 is the Mount Everest of John's message. I think there's a lot of truth to that. That's the peak. (laughs) There he is. That's the Lamb of God. One of the reasons why I wanted to make this the first lesson in a couple of lessons is because of what John says there in John chapter 1. There's one standing among you whom you do not know. Had they never seen Jesus before? No, they had seen Him. They said, that's Joseph's son. Isn't he the carpenter? (laughs) So they had seen Him. But they hadn't put the pieces together. And so John says, you don't know. They saw him, they didn't know him. So I'm just asking. Do you think that happens today? People see Jesus, but they don't know him. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this, not to be critical, but to sort of emphasize the point. John says, Other Gospels writers say over and over again, Behold. Behold. It's one of those words that's intended to get your attention. When you read this, think about what is being said here. Behold is one of those words where it grabs you kind of by the collar and stops you and says, Hey, I don't think you're really paying attention. I don't think you really saw this. You better stop and look again. Because nowadays, and there's one in our neighborhood, okay? There's one in our neighborhood. Those little nativity scenes? <laughs> ever seen those? And so a lot of times this time of year, people look and they see a baby in a manger. Well, John looked. You know what John saw? A lamb. And not just any lamb. The Lamb of God. The Lamb. And so John says, behold. Look at this. Because you don't really know Him. He's standing in your midst, but you don't really know Him. And he says, He takes away the sins of the world. That's a big statement. Because this world has a whole lot of problems, don't they? We got divisions and fighting and wars going on and disease, famine. John says he takes away the sins of the world. We've got a lot of problems, a lot of issues. But there is one core problem. And that problem is sin. 
And John says, this lamb takes away sin. So John's message is, Jesus was born so that the effects of sin would die. If there's a Christmas message, if you want to call it that. It isn't so much about a baby being given. As it is about a sacrifice that is going to be made. It's not about us giving gifts. It's about God taking away sin. God came... So sin would leave. Let me give you a quick illustration before we wrap this up. You ever see that advertisement billboard or on your computer? It says, 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Call 1-800-GOT-JUNK and some guys show up and they take away your junk. John says, behold the Lamb. They'll take away our junk. Take away our sin. The Lamb of God. And he fulfills Isaiah the 53rd chapter. Like a lamb he was led to the slaughter. And he bore our iniquities. It was laid on him. So these Jews, they were familiar with lambs and salvation. Because their ancestors had been in Egyptian bondage. And when God sent Moses and then he finally brought the plagues, when he brought that tenth one, it was going to be the death of all the firstborn. And he told them, take a lamb, slaughter it, and put the blood of the lamb on your doorpost, and the angel of death will pass over your house. And so that's what they did. And so the lamb died so that they might live. But not only did they live, they were delivered from bondage. They walked out of Egypt into freedom. And that's what John is saying. The Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. Delivers us from death into freedom. Behold the Lamb of God. And John says, there's one standing among you and you don't know. And so today, when people look and they see a baby in a manger, it just makes me wonder, do they see a lamb? He came so that he might die. But that's not the end of the story. You know what the rest of the story is? He's coming back. And see, we celebrate, not once a year, Every Sunday. 
And Jesus says, As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Because you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. One writer said we live in a moment of tension. He came, he's coming back. And we live in this moment. And we're to carry that light into a dark world that needs it. Behold. I'm going to extend the invitation to any and all that are here today. If you've never rendered obedience unto the gospel of Jesus Christ, it was the Lamb of God, it was Jesus Himself that said, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Do you need to do that? Can we help you in any way? Make your relationship right with the Lord today. You let us know while together we stand and while we sing.